says, be gone, away with you, Satan. Right? Now, that is a really important principle here. He doesn't philosophize about the devil. He just deals with it directly with words. And you know what? The demon left him. And then it says angels came. This is a, now, why did that little story happen in the book of Matthew? It's to illustrate that we as humans do live in a spiritual world. And that's how Jesus dealt with it. I often get angry men come to me. Usually it's the wife comes first and says, my husband's got an issue. <laughs> Sometimes the man's humble enough to come himself, right? Happens a lot, and I probably told you some of these stories. But people need their eyes opened often to issues that are going on even in a relationship. Particularly this issue of anger, I find. You might have had an abusive background and you've got a lot of anger issues, but you know what? There's sometimes something gets in our life that's of a spiritual nature. I remember one man that we dealt with and uh, finally he owned up to the fact that he, that he did have a problem and he could never overcome it trying to manage his problem. And I, I prayed that prayer like Elisha did. Open his eyes, Lord, to see. And he finally come to realize that there's something very supernaturally wrong in his life. And he got delivered from a spirit of anger. And it just left. And the marriage was fine. They had their issues, sure enough. But the potency and the destructive nature of that anger just evaporated. And then they just had normal anger. <laughs> Which the Bible says is okay as long as you deal with it. <laughs> so there's two coexisting kingdoms. We have the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Now, I put a PowerPoint together, and you might have seen bits of this before. Let's just have a look at this scripture, Galatians, written by Paul the Apostle, a great uh, minister of God after Jesus died and rose again. And he says this in his little letter. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Really important point. Deal with the sin problem. To deliver us from this present evil age. You see, we live in an evil age. That evil age started right back at the, at almost at the time of creation when Adam and Eve sinned. Now, that's not a, a fairy story about Adam and Eve. That's a real story about real people who sinned, and that same problem of sin came upon all of humanity thereafter. You and I have to deal with that. And some of you have really dealt with your sins and your new creation because you've dealt with it. Paul said, this present evil age. In other words, it's here and it's not going away right now. There's a number of other scriptures say exactly the same thing, that it is a, a real, real, spiritually evil age. And this is a reality that many people's eyes are shut. They need their eyes open to see actually what's going on. Now, before Jesus came, we call that the cross, the cross of Christ. Before the cross of Christ, before Jesus came, humans had no way to deal with demons. You see, from creation all the way up to when Jesus appeared a couple of thousand years ago, we were left hopeless. We didn't know how to deal with demons. God gave no tools at that point. There's a reason why. Moses, a great prophet, you've heard of him, right? Moses came and he wrote a lot of the, the early chapters of the early books of the Old Testament. Moses gave no instructions about how to deal with demons. It's really fascinating. He gave one instruction about how to deal with demons. He said, stay away from them. 
It's just about one verse in the whole Old Testament on what to do with the dang thing. Stay away. All right? So humans were powerless. Jesus came and told the whole story. And then he gave to humans, that's to you and I, tools to deal with demons in the spirit. That's the authority of Christ. All right? We'll go into that a little bit longer, uh, a little bit later. And so this idea of now having a way to deal with demons is really revolutionary, spiritually revolutionary. You know, it's an absolutely awesome thing. And when you discover the power of this, life can be dramatically different for you and your friends and your family. When the kingdom of God came, so when Jesus came, he was the kingdom of God. He didn't bring the kingdom of God separate from himself. He was the physical manifestation of the kingdom of God because he was both human and he was both the word of God. And so when he came, he came secretly. Notice that? He didn't come with a big fanfare and lights. He came as a baby secretly and the kingdom of God invaded darkness. Now, I, I don't have time to put a, another illustration up, but it's like this. You have this present evil age going along, and it will end when Christ returns. But then you have Christ appearing somewhere in the middle, and you have this really odd and weird period that we live in right now in history. This is the odd part about it. We have the evil age present, but then we have the kingdom of God present, and they overlay on top of each other. And they bang up against each other. When the kingdom of God bangs up against the, the powers of darkness, you call that deliverance. And you get a result. And there's something changes in your life or in a circumstance in your life. That's when the two kingdoms bang up against each other. But the kingdom of darkness is the loser because we have the tools. You see. But you've got to know how to embrace them. And you've got to understand how Jesus gives you this. All right, secret invasion. I like that bit. Now, when the kingdom of God secretly invaded, we see this illustrated in Mark chapter 1, first chapter of, of a marvellous little book of 16 chapters. First one written. It changed Egypt, by the way. Did you know that Mark went to Egypt, to Alexandria, and, the, and millions of people came to Christ over there, and they're, they're called the Coptic Christians of today. They're still there. That book, powerful little book. So you see in chapter 1, this odd situation where the devil's got a shock. And they, they said in this setting, and I'll look at it later, but just by illustration, the demon in a man shouted out and said, Why are you here, Jesus? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And so the demon's really shocked. And they're still shocked today. They're still reeling. Demons are still reeling like a boxer being whacked on the jaw. Demons are still stunned that this authority of Christ is on the earth. And you know what? They're on the back foot. And you've got to remember that. They're not on the advance. Do not think that evil is on the advance in this earth. Friends, it is on the back foot, moving backwards. And it's moving backwards as Christ comes nearer to his return. And it, so don't think the, the world you might think is getting more evil. There's no new sin on the earth, people. <laughs> it's all been done before if you try to sin in a new way. You can't invent a new sin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just that you have an occasion to know more about it. And it feels more evil. It's actually probably not in many places. 
Anyway, that's another story. So demons got a shock. Let's keep going here. You've got to have a biblical view of these unseen realms. You've got to see from a, the right perspective. Many of you possibly have a view of the unseen realm that I would call a Star Wars view. And I'll look at that a little later too. In other words, you picked up bits and pieces in life and you tried to piece together a view of the unseen realm. It's possibly not biblical. So you've got to anchor it correct. See, we are spiritual beings with a body, not the other way around. You're not a body with a spirit. See, when Jesus comes and claims us who belong to Christ, we will get a new body, a heavenly one, right? And so your, your body's just, it, it's just rubbish, sorry to tell you. <laughs> Some of you might be pretty impressed with your bodies. You, you hunkin' big men with big biceps and stuff, you might be impressed. Sorry to tell you, it's a bunch of rubbish. It'll perish. You are a spirit being. Right? And God sees you like that. And you need to have muscles in the spirit, even though your body fades away. It's really important. Flexing your spiritual muscles, learning how to discipline yourself in the Lord, that you have spiritual muscle. All right, so we have body, soul, and spirit, but it's, the order is this, spirit, soul, body. So don't get it back. The Western view is body, soul, spirit. Wrong, spirit, soul, body. And you've got to live out of your spirit. When you learn to live out of your spirit, life changes dramatically. All right, two extremes. Let's have a look at that. Here we go. There's two extremes I find that Christians have. Somewhere in the middle is the right understanding of the spirit world. Okay, here's one extreme. The devil always this and that. Things going wrong all the time, nasty stuff happening. Oh, it must be a demon. Right? That's the extreme. You know, friends, that is animism. You find that in tribes in the Amazon. Right? Where everything is caused by a demon. A child gets sick, oh, it must be, must be a demon, right? Someone dies, oh, something, let's find why this man died, you see. Oh, it must be a demon, right? That's animism. And you know what? Christians can get into that world as well, attributing everything to the dark side. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay. Or the other end of the stick, the devil or demons is just a vague force out there somewhere. Sort of philosophic. You can't put your finger on it. It, it. It's, oh, well, evil's sort of out there. That's, that's not biblical either. Right? But somewhere in the middle, there is a good view. I was discipling a man in Singapore when I lived and worked there for many years, and he was a taxi driver. And he'd not long come to Christ, and he said to me in one of our sessions, he said, I put a Bible in the taxi, but I still had an accident. <laughs> Following? Friends, that is animistic thinking. That is thinking an object will protect you from evil. Christians do it. I can take you to, to groups in Indonesia where I usually live and there are animist Christians. They're very, very, very religious people, friends, and they will use scriptures as a lucky charm. You can tie a many scripture, lucky charm with Bible verses on it around your neck. Won't change your life, friends. All right, another story. All right, so we've got to get our view right about evil. 
So let's have a look at worldview and spiritual realities. Let's go there for a bit. All right, the Eastern or mystical view. Uh, transcendental meditation. You go to any arts and crafts um, market, you know, go up, you go to any market and you've got crystals for sale, rocks. People truly, truly, truly put rocks and try and draw power from rocks. Pure Eastern mysticism and animism. My friends, if you can get power out of a rock, I'll give you a million bucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> coal. Uh, he's, he, he, he says a uh, coal. He's cheating. <laughs> right. You're not going to get my million, mate. Sorry. All right. All right. Looks like this. So you got, you got good, you got evil, and you try and keep good and evil in balance by the way you live. You got your rocks, you got everything. You're trying to balance everything out. You've seen that before, haven't you? All right. Yin and yang. Classic, pure Eastern mysticism. Star Wars. I love Star Wars. It is almost pure Buddhism. Got to keep the force in balance. Don't go over to the dark side of the force, right? Uh, I tell you what, that, that is a really, really clever Eastern mysticism movie. I love it. I don't love the mysticism. I just like the tech. <laughs> Agreed, says someone. All right, the Western worldview. We live in a Western civilization. You might think Western, Western civilization is Christian. Never was. It's not. It's what you call Greek. Western civilization, you know, the European countries and Australia and all these sort of places, they're not Christian at all, friends. Never were. This is how it works. You've got good, you've got some evil out there, and you've got humans in the middle who are neutral. We are not neutral, friends. We have a deep problem. It's called the sin problem. And you're probably sitting there knowing exactly what the sin problem is in your life because it's overtaken you and almost destroyed your life. Is that true? Some of you know the potency and power of it. You might think, oh, it's just been a drug addiction problem. No, it's a root there of sin you've got to deal with. Is that right, Simo? Absolutely. There's a man who knows what it's in somewhere. Yeah, I, that was me, friends. It wasn't a drug addict. It was an addict of everything else. Friends. That is not a Christian worldview. It's Greek. Okay, let's go a little further. Let's try and attempt to have a look at a biblical worldview. Now, I'm going to describe to you this multi-dimensional world called the kingdom of God, and we're going to do it in two dimensions. You understand the, the craziness of that attempt, but here we go. So let's put God in a box. There he is. We've got him in a box. But friends, you cannot put God in a box. That's animism or whatever else, is infinite and unlimited. But he did show himself to us through Jesus Christ. Right? All right, so he's much bigger than the box, right? So he's infinite. He goes, expands outwards. What The Bible calls that the heavenlies. There is God, God the Father, but there's this thing called the heavenlies that fill all in all. The Bible says that God hovered over the surface of the deep, the Spirit of God, created the natural world that we see today so we know that the heavenlies is overall right so we've got the natural physical world that which we see outside then we throw in humans in the mix they don't throw a handful of humans in there but they've got a deep problem you see they're trapped trapped in a sin problem you know that Maybe you're sitting there knowing there's something really not right with my life I got to, it's a sin problem friends all right, so that's the, 
a couple of dimensions we live in. Let's throw in a handful of demons. All right, whack a few demons in there for good measure. All right. So demons are interesting creatures. You say, well, where did they come from? Well, I can't explain. I'm not about to today. That's another about five or six sermons. But suffice it to say, every civilization on earth knows they're real. It's just that scientists will not acknowledge phenomena that occur because they can't measure it. And if you can't measure it, it's not scientific, they say. But you can measure the effects of a demon, I tell you. And, and you travel the world over, which I've, I've been a lot of places, friends. It is so, uh, uh, people are so aware of the demonic world. Most people understand this stuff. It's just our crazy Western scientific people won't acknowledge it. But like, you know, 90% of the world knows there's a realm out there that's deeply dark. All right, so we've got the devils there. They, they're interesting creatures. They live in the physical world. They, do in, they inhabit humans, and humans are, can have a spirit in them, and yet they can operate outside of it. See that? They operate in the spirit world, they operate in the human world, then they operate in what's called the heavenlies. They're outside of humans and the natural world. Interesting creatures. Then we throw in another one here, which sounds like fairy stories. It's not fairy stories, it's very real, and we call them angels. They operate in the realm of God. Pures of uh, creatures of intense light and intelligence. They operate in the human world and they operate in the physical world. It, it's a fascinating one as well. So this is more of a biblical attempt here uh, to describe an infinitely dimensional world and I've done it in two dimensions. Uh, it's not possible, but there you have it. It's a crack at it. All right, so uh, getting our eyes straight like the prayer at the beginning of Elisha open the eyes of this young man Lord so he can see and you need to pray that you need to pray it over stuff that's happening in your life so you can see because sometimes you can't see what's going on in your life and it looks really weird the stuff is thrown at you and you can't master it so you've got to have your eyes open friend pray the prayer Lord open my eyes to see it the most important thing you'll ever see is what the kingdom of God is like that's what you need to pray. Lord, help me to see the kingdom of God. Help me to see who Jesus is. You know. So back to Mark 1 for a sec here. So we have this situation where there's a religious meeting going on. It's in chapter 1. It's in a synagogue, a place where Jews met on Saturdays. I've actually been to that synagogue. The foundations of it are still there. If some of you are possibly in Capernaum. Right, right near the, the Sea of Galilee there, and you see the remnants of it. And so there's a, a meeting going on, in, and the Jews are reading this, their their lit, their, um, their their text, right, their Torah. And all of a sudden, this nice middle class Jewish man uh, screams out obscenities. Can you believe that? In a nice religious setting, you know, every every word you learn in high school, he lets loose. You see. <laughs> And the demon says to Jesus, and in Mark 1, he says, uh, I know who you are, says the demon. You're the Holy One of God. Demon's terrified, and Mark, the writer of the book, says that it was an unclean spirit. How do you know when an unclean spirit is there? Because unclean stuff comes out their mouth. 
I was in a worship time one time and I might have told you this story. This woman lets loose with foulest language you could imagine. A nice middle class woman and she's cursing with everything. And people are terrified of this. So we go over and say, shut up in the name of Jesus. And she fell on the floor. Big story. She eventually got delivered of an unclean spirit. You see, and you can pick this stuff up in odd and strange ways. When I'll tell you a story, a bit of humility here. Before I came to Christ, when I was 21, friends, I had the foulest mouth. It was a shocker. I, I, you know, I was raised on a beef cattle property, right? And we learned to swear, I tell you. Not good. But, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus on that, on that Sunday night, the next day... The foulness of my mouth had just gone. It had, it had just evaporated. And I, I was, the thing that got my attention was, it didn't come out of my mouth anymore. Thought, What's going on? <laughs> you know, that was, that was an unclean spirit that literally came out of my, my life. When I repented, I repented with weeping and crying like, like a two-year-old who couldn't get their way. I was, but I was weeping with repentance, pouring and crying, God. And, and I think a bunch of demons just left me, to be honest. And that's how changed I was, unclean spirit, right? So, and I can tell you a lot of stories uh, as well. Uh, we won't go any further on that one. All right, so uh, with, with respect and care, I want to say this to you. Some of you sitting here, some of us sitting here today, may well in fact have unclean spirits. It works like this. There's stuff in your life you just cannot manage. You've tried to manage, you've tried to get master it, and you can't do it. You've tried to control it, you cannot do it. It just is uncontrollable. You see? Now there might be some, you know, some issues in your life with your disciplines and addictions and all this kind of stuff. I understand that. Right? But you see, there's stuff that you just cannot control. Darkness, demons, spirits that invade our life, we're not meant to control these things, friends, and keep them under. You know, if you've got a foul mouth and it comes out at your wife, you know what? You probably need deliverance. You need to repent deeply. Or wives with husbands. <laughs> you know. You can't control these matters. You've got to deal with it in a biblical way. Uh, some of you may have stuff going on in your life and you actually don't know the source of it at all. You just live with it all your life and you think that's you. I've had people think that all the garbage in their life is just perfectly who they should be. And they know it's not right, but this is the way I was born. I said, no. And when you repent over stuff, you'd be surprised how many weeds you can pull up in your life. Okay, suspicious and alert. You need to be suspicious and alert of issues in your life. Here, a quick illustration here. Two months after I came to Christ, um, I had some thoughts come over me that were devious. I mean, perverted, devious, unclean, weird stuff entered my mind. To such a degree, I'd never even thought about that when I was not in Christ. You know, I'd been a man involved in immorality and all these things before I came to Christ and suddenly two months after I came to Christ this it was like I don't know weird thoughts appeared in my mind and I was terrified of this I'm only a new new follower of Jesus I thought this is not me no 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 I've never done that sort of stuff and never dwelt on any of these weird perverted things so I went to someone 
and uh, was an elder in the church at the time in New South Wales where I grew up uh, in the bush. And I, I said, I, I actually said I got this weird stuff and I named it. Thank the Lord I named it. And I said, all right, let's pray. Prayed, friends, it left instantly. I thought, there's a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I wondered why, Lord, why did that happen, Lord? Why did you allow me to suffer that? Here's an interesting thing. I felt God was training me to discern the spirits. See that? Friends, you've got to discern the spirits. The Holy Spirit is always pure, holy, not violent, unkind, right? You've got to learn the ways of the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of Jesus. But the unclean spirits, friends, that's really weird stuff. And you've got to discern it. So God trained me in that. And I said, thank you, Lord. I've just learned a big lesson out of this one. And I learned the power of prayer and the authority of the name of Jesus as I prayed with that elder. All right, so suspicious and alert. Hang on to those two words. Be sus- look out for stuff. Bible tells you to be alert about the evil one. Book of James says to watch out. It even uses the word in the book of James, alert, about the, about the evil one. And so, you know, be suspicious a little bit there. Not suspicious of people, <laughs> but be suspicious of what's actually going on in the background, in the unseen realm. And I've trained myself to be suspicious and alert to these matters, particularly when there's nasty confrontations with words exchanged that have almost a supernatural cutting power. You ever experienced that? Something comes out of someone's mouth in the most benign situation and somehow it knocks you flat. You go, what? where did that come from? From probably demonic. See? Jesus nailed the, the Pharisees in Mark 8, verse 44, and he says, these religious dudes, right? He says of these religious dudes, he says, you are of your father, the devil. In other words, you Pharisees who are critical, condemning, unkind, religious, he says, that's demonic. And he calls them out publicly in front of everybody else, demonic. Pretty wild stuff, right? You wouldn't want that to happen here. But, you know, you've got to call demons out and nail them. So let's just have a look at a few issues and we're going to wind up here. Uh, I think we can go a little further. Ah, the cross of Christ. Let me go back and have a look at that. All right. So there's, there's one thing we didn't move on to. Watch that little cross there appear. That's the key factor here. The cross of Christ reconciles humans in the physical world. And the, and the scripture says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. This earth is perishing and real fast. It's going down the tubes rapidly, friends. Don't let it worry you too much. If you're, you know, if you're in Jesus, there's a hope that we have. The hope is there's something new on the other side of death. Even the death of the planet, there's something new on the other side of the death of this planet. And it's going down fast. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That's called hope, friends. Hope. You don't have to live. Live being terrified. By all means, practice your green practices and look after the planet. But it is perishing at the same time. Be a good steward. All right, let's move, move on here uh, to a few things that you need to be suspicious and alert about. Some of them you've heard from me before. I'm just going to recap them. Secret things you struggle with friends, and you cannot master, you cannot control, you've got to look at whether it's a spiritual issue. 
Okay, I've been down this one many times with you before. Sexual issues. We live in such a sexually explicit culture. It is, it is like first century Roman world. It's like, it's like uh, first century Greek world. If you studied the first century Greek world, friends, it was wild. Wildly sexually explicit. And we live in it again today. And you need to be cleansed from that spirit. It's, it's, it's very real and very... Pornography. You've heard me before on this. You cannot manage pornography. Don't even attempt to manage it. It will pop out somewhere. I, many people try and manage it. I told one guy, he said, oh, yeah, 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 I've got my pornography under control. I said, oh, that's wonderful. Tell me, so how long have you been free? And it's true. And he said, oh, I only, I only look once a week now. I'm managing it down to a controllable level. Christian guy trying to tell me how, how, how he teaches others to deal with pornography. And I thought, that's a dude, seriously? <laughs> Same unclean spirit, <laughs> trying to manage it. Don't do that. You need to be set free from it so it just gets gone altogether. The only way to get set free from that stuff is humility, humility, humility. Confess it, name it. Get it out in the open. Don't squirrel it away. If you've secretly got your computer set up to watch pornography and your wife doesn't know it, get on the floor, humble yourself and apologize and repent deeply because you're heading for divorce. It is down the track just a couple of years. Many people in this church have divorced. Root of its pornography. I know that. You may not know it, but I, I, that is the history of some of those men that walk straight out on their wife. They never dealt with their pornography and they had eyes for a chick somewhere else on screen and then it manifested with the, you know, someone down at the gym or whatever. It, cases all over the place like this. Man, I've pulled missionaries off the field. I said, you're off the field, mate, until you get your pornography out of your life. Right? You can't have this stuff. It is deeply destructive. You know. All right, outbursts of anger that overwhelm you. You just can't, it just, just comes out of you and you just didn't know what's going on. You know, it's just it's like you're poisoned, all right? Possibly an unseen, unclean thing. Unclean speech just comes out. Possibly a spiritual thing that needs to be dealt with. I mentioned that with myself. Theft is a compulsive thievery, rejection of others. You just always feel like you want to reject people. You've worked on it, you've been to psychologists, psychiatrists, you're working on it real hard, real hard. You've got a little bit of a win on it, but there's something in you that just wants to reject others all the time and you can't master it. Probably a spirit of rejection needs to be delivered out of your life. And it's a glorious thing to be set free from that one. And it afflicts Australians particularly, I've noticed, more than a lot of other places. It's a funny one. Uh, crippling and paralyzing fear. Now, fear is a natural thing, and you should have fear, otherwise you'll be run over by a bus. Right? Fear is a good thing. But when it cripples you and paralyzes you, and, and it's destructive, right? Something going on here, friends. <laughs> Got to get it out there. Uh, Self-justification and stubborn pride. Oh, there's one. <laughs> right? If you just always got to, you've got to have, you're always right. You cannot be seen to be wrong. You, you'll do anything to be right. Right? Self-righteousness. You are a self-righteous person who just needs to repent. Get over it. Humble yourself. Acknowledge that it's good to be wrong sometimes. Tell your wife that when you go home. You'll probably you know, have a much better marriage. Maybe wives the same. At work. I've dealt with people like that. 
Um, stubbornness that will not listen to the scriptures. That's an interesting one. Where people just refuse. They are a Christian. They say yes to, the, to Jesus. But there's something stubborn about, the, about following what the Bible says. Or what Jesus says. Possibly a spirit needs to be delivered out. I remember delivering a guy from the Polynesian Islands who worked with us as a missionary. Great guy, fabulous missionary. He had this stubbornness in his life that I tell you what, it was like a brick wall. You'd hit up against it and we were going, what is with this man? He's a great missionary. People coming to Christ, but there's something deeply stubborn in his life. Came out, he had a curse on his life because when he was 12, he was put aside in his tribe to be the defender of the tribe. And they get a bone up in the tribes in the, and they put a bone in his arms, bang it in there, a big scar there. And they do that. The tribal elders did it. They said, you are the anointed one, firstborn, next generation to defend this tribe. And a stubbornness would come into his life. We couldn't work it out. And I said, is there anything in your life where you've made a vow? You've vowed to, to be stubbornly resistant, right? And he thought about it. I said, let's wait on the Holy Spirit. We're waiting. And he says, yes, when I was 12, I made a vow to stubbornly defend my tribe. And as he said it, he went, like this. It's true. And out it came. It was this spirit that flew out of this guy, you know, uh, like exhaust out of a truck, you know. It was woof, straight out of him. He was set free. Unholy vow. You see, Don't, if you've made vows like that, you could have put a curse on yourself. You think, oh, this is all fairy tale stuff. Hey, it ain't fairy tale stuff. It's for real. You see, you got to have your eyes open for it. Okay, let's move on here to um, manipulation. Oh, there's a big one. All right, you just feel there's some some people have this ability just to manipulate and control, and you feel crushed by it. And you know, friends, something going on there. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've done that. Uh, let's look at this. Here's the big one. This is the number one line. Uh, Battle line, right? There's battle lines. This one here, who is God and who is Jesus? This is the battle line of, with demons. They want to bluff you about who God is. They want to bluff you about who Jesus is. They don't want you to discover that, who, that God is good and kind. They want to say, oh, no, no, you know, he's not really kind. There's another side to God, you know. You've heard of that. It's in the book of Genesis. That is the bluff of demons. They want to call you out on who God is and who Jesus is. If you've had crippling thoughts about God, right, and you just, you just cannot shake this stuff off your head, paralyzing doubts, you know you want to follow Jesus, you know you want to love Jesus, there's something there. You possibly need deliverance on it, right? This, this thing, because it's a battle line, it's a biggie. Religious spirits, what's a religious spirit? All right, well, people can behave in a religious way and they've got no spirit involved in it at all. It's just being religious. That's fine. Let people be religious if they want to. Not a problem. Okay. Thing is, religion can also be very much in, empowered by the demonic world. Some Christians have a religious spirit. In other words, in, within them is not really the spirit of God. They're trying to mirror and mimic the spirit of God, Right? And it's called a religious spirit. And it's come into their life because they've got some unresolved issues in their life. They've never done, dealt with it. And they come out as a highly religious person. And sometimes their speech is that way or their behavior. Right? It's a religious spirit. need to be set free from it. Often to do with self-righteousness as well. And um, 
Every, every church has got them, even Baptists, <laughs> right? Uh, always, you know, the, the, a lot of pride. You know, I know, I know what's right, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lack of humility, religious spirit. All right, these are some, some of the, the other realm issues. So why am I talking about all of this? The unseen world is a very real world. It's been there longer than this physical world, and it will last forever. Even demons will last forever, but they'll be assigned to darkness forevermore. You see, the unseen realm is very solid. This table is not solid. And you've got to get your head straight about the unseen realm. Be suspicious and alert and watch out for it. Don't allow Western scientific worldview to sterilize you and paralyze you about seeing the unseen realm. You've got to get past this, right? I actually love working in Asia. You know why? Because everyone is up for a conversation about the unseen realm. <laughs> you, you, you want to have a conversation? It's on the streets, my friends. Muslims, totally up for it. You want to talk to a Muslim about Jesus? Start talking about demons first. Go to demons and you'll get to Jesus. They love it because they're very aware of the unseen realm. They just don't know what to do about it. <laughs> they don't know how to... How to overcome it right so all right suspicious and alert watch out for the holes in your life that are not covered up and fixed up unresolved sin squirreling sins away unresolved issues from your past all of these are little like holes into our life where the unseen realm can creep in right uh, there's one thing that demons hate and that is repentance it really terrifies them when someone becomes humble before God and, and they would say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done with sin. I'm done with my old life. I just want to say, uh, Lord, I'm not gonna, I'm, I cannot patch myself up. My sins have overcome me. I just need you, Jesus. You know, that is a good prayer, but demons are really worried if you start praying like that. Because you know what? Kingdom of God comes. The night I prayed a prayer of salvation, the way I prayed sounded pathetic. That's a little wimpy prayer, right? But that wimpy little prayer was like a time bomb. It just went boof in my life. I, I just came and I, Lord, I, I hardly remember what I prayed, to be honest. Uh, you know, Lord, I just need to be saved, something like that, you know? And as I prayed this weak little feeble prayer out of my spirit, something dramatic happened. And I tell you, that weak little feeble prayer just turned into a, a, a life so transformed I could scarcely believe it myself. That was 1979 in Tamworth, New South Wales. I tell you, it was as tough as nails, that city. You try and talk to Jesus with the, the tough nuts of Tamworth, New South Wales, I tell you. But, but God gave me the grace to stand firm. Some of you need to pray that prayer. You need to say, I'm done with the life of sin. I've got to get out. This spiritual world is really affecting me. I need freedom. Is that true? Someone, anyone here want that in their life? Who wants that in their life? Yeah? So we're going to finish up. Amen to that. This is wonderful. We're just going to finish up right now and pray. We're going to have to practice all this COVID stuff, but the Spirit of God will work. All right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stand right here. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'll be right here. And so will a few others. We'll welcome you. So let's pray. Let's get on to this stuff. Amen to that.
That's right. So here we go. I'm going to hop down and just pray. <clears throat> All right. So Holy Spirit, thank you for pulling us, drawing us, calling us, Lord. I pray for us here, Lord. Some of us need to say yes to you today. 